The Spectator magazine combines incisive political analysis with books and arts reviews of unrivaled authority. Subscribe today for just £12 and receive a 12-week subscription in print and online, plus a £20 Amazon gift voucher, absolutely free. Go to spectator.co.uk forward slash voucher. Hello and welcome to the Americano podcast, a series of discussions about American politics and life. My name is Freddie Gray. I'm the deputy editor of The Spectator. I am delighted to be joined by my good friend Madeline Cairns today, who is a staff writer at the National Review. And we're going to be talking about President Joe Biden and marijuana. Maddie, the big news of today, in fact, it was last night or yesterday in America, is that President Biden has decreed that cannabis possession should no longer be a federal crime and that he's pardoned, in effect, up to about 6,500 people who have a conviction for marijuana possession. I think a lot of people, regardless of where they stand on the debate about marijuana, think this is probably a sensible move because marijuana is effectively legal in many American states and therefore there's a sort of incongruity between the the law and lots of people being penalised and, in fact, in prison for marijuana possession. What's your take on it? Well, I think the first thing to note is the timing of this. So, obviously, we're a few weeks out from the midterms, and this is Biden trying to energise and mobilise Democratic voters, frankly. Republicans have been trying to run on being tough on crime, and the great counter argument to those who are tough on crime is that they are racist and this issue of marijuana certainly going back to the 70s has long been associated with this war on drugs that disproportionately targeted and affected black americans and so i think what he's doing here is he's positioning himself he's sort of showing his his anti-racist street cred and he's he's signaling in what is largely as you know a sort of on on its own terms it's a uncontroversial move and he's sort of baiting republicans and anyone to criticize him so that those people can be painted as racist yes and he's also targeting the youth vote in the midterms because on the back of his student debt forgiveness move which we we understand from polling has increased support for him among young people and this is also thought to be a move that would be very popular with young people Right, exactly. And this is also something that is playing out in a key Senate race in Pennsylvania. John Fetterman, Democratic candidate, has has repeatedly pressed Biden to to take this step. And his opponent, Republican opponent, Dr. Oz, is, is being painted, obviously, as this unsavory figure. So Fetterman said this was a massive step towards justice. And I think that just just to sort of unpack what what's actually been done here, it's important to note that, and I think the, the White House even admitted this themselves, there isn't anyone incarcerated in federal prison solely for simple possession. Okay, people are typically arrested on possession charges, if they're arrested at all, because they weren't caught in the act of distribution, but they're suspected for distribution. It's typically, so if we think of the classic profile of somebody with this conviction it's not typically your law-abiding citizen who just enjoys the occasional joint we're, we're talking people with histories of petty theft other problems in fact a couple of years ago or no, a year ago i was chatting with a cop in portland oregon 
who was explaining that this was once quite a useful tool in their armory because they had these drug-free zones which were appreciated by the local communities because there was local communities that were overrun by crime and what they could do is they could they could find someone who's a, a repeat offender with all sorts of petty crime and they could get them on the the possession charge and then just exclude them from that zone but this was abandoned because it played into this this racial tension and it did it wasn't a great look because it did disproportionately target blacks and hispanics but you're you're really at a stage now where nobody is really making the case for being tough on marijuana possession it's not been enforced for decades now in the united states so this is purely symbolic and i think as i say all about the midterms it's all about the midterms but it may be a successful move politically but let's talk about it morally do you think it's right that now there the the political argument on marijuana and cannabis has effectively been won and having read uh, your brilliant cover piece for spectator world not so long ago i can tell that the answer is going to be no but explain to me why you think the argument on cannabis has been lost and what are the arguments against decriminalization yeah so it's important to note probably that there's there's different things going on here so i think biden's symbolic gesture here is largely interpreted interpreted and i think rightly so as a move towards national legalization this is the direction the culture is going this is the direction the industry is going um Basically, it's uncontroversial. You don't get much Republican pushback from this. And that's because there's a lot of money to be made from this drug, which nobody, there's no political appetite in Washington to push back on this. So first of all, it's important to understand the incentives. It used to be, and I think this is where we get into the moral argument, it used to be that the drug strategy in the 1970s and 1980s, flawed though it may have been in practice, but the strategy was reducing the number of people who take drugs because drugs are harmful and reducing the number of especially young people who are initiated into drug taking. Now we can have a conversation about how their strategy for dealing with that didn't work the so-called war on drugs which by the way like I say it was really not as long term as people think it was it was a something that got off the ground in the 1970s, 80s and was sort of already turning around by the 1990s. But in any case, we can talk about how that didn't work. But that aim, that strategy was a good strategy. Drugs are harmful. Marijuana is very harmful. It's classified as a schedule one drug, which by definition means no currently accepted medical use and high potential for abuse. Now you could say, well, it shouldn't be schedule one because there are no accepted medical uses, although many of those are pretextual, as we know. But there is certainly a high potential for abuse. So reducing the number of people taking this drug is a good aim. Unfortunately, the aim now with all of these policies is to reduce drug enforcement. That is the that is the end in itself. Reduce drug enforcement. There's basically no comment on the fact that this is really harmful. It's harmful for individuals, families, communities. And so I would be open frankly, with a, a conversation, a policy that decriminalizes or partially decriminalizes drugs, if it was aiming for reducing drug taking and it was proven, or at least you could be persuasive in saying that it was effective in doing so, but that's just not happening because that's not the aim. The aim is to further this industry and make lots of money and showcase your woke street cred in the way that Biden's doing. 
And isn't it quite strange that marijuana should be the drug that, that the law softens on the most at a time when the evidence is becoming clearer and clearer that it is in very, very violent and horrific crimes, very often, disproportionately when compared to other drugs, cannabis, cannabis consumption is related to the person who carries out that crime has, has consumed cannabis. Yeah, so this is, a, and this is something we, we talked about and I discussed in my piece from a year ago is there's this sort of rhetorical disparity between the cannabis lobby and then the, the the scientists who are warning against it because the scientists are all very cautious and they and they won't say most of them you, you will find exceptions such as Robin Murray but most of them will not make causal declarations they will just say well you know there's reason to be concerned about this on the one hand or on the other that's how they talk and then you have the the cannabis lobby who just shouts down any messenger of this unwelcome uh, information. Unfortunately, as as you know, this is very harmful for the debate because a lot of people just aren't aware of the risks that they're exposing themselves to. And it's worth saying as well that any attempt to regulate a for-profit industry in the United States, in fact, Biden actually made cursory reference to this. I think he, it, at the end of his statement, he said, we're still going to have restrictions on marketing and trafficking and that sort of thing. But any attempt to do that in the United States against a for-profit industry is is going to fail because of the way that these things are set up in the US and because of something that Professor Jonathan Culkins has, has written a lot about regulatory capture, which is basically when the regulating body set up to regulate the industry ends up being influenced by the industry. And this is sort of ubiquitous in the United States across all sorts of things. And we've seen it play out time and time again with the opioid crisis we, we saw it with tobacco in the 20th century so i i don't think you can have a for-profit industry in the us I, I i think that you could potentially decriminalize you could perhaps allow it in certain medical contexts if if it was a, a non-for-profit setup but this is going to be a disaster and it is, is already heading that way uh, biden was uh, keen to stress that children, cannabis would still be restricted from children and that that was important. Is that where the debate now is in America? Because it seems to be in Britain too that cannabis can have a very disastrous effect on the mental health of children, but it's thought that once the sort of plasticity of the brain is hardened into your 20s and 30s, it's less harmful. Is that right? So definitely cannabis is most harmful to young people. I think you're the average age for your first psychotic episode in a non-marijuana user is 28 and in a marijuana user is 20 or 21. So so definitely like this is a, a, of big concern to to young people, adolescents certainly, but also people in their in their 20s. And it's also very concerning because whereas if you're smoking pack of cigarettes a day, you can expect to develop lung cancer, perhaps even prematurely, but probably middle age, post-middle age. Whereas if you develop schizophrenia or you have ongoing problems with psychosis in your 20s, your entire life is sort of derailed. It's very difficult to recover from that. And I, I think obviously young people just don't make very good decisions. That's part of being a young person. I suppose you, you learn things the hard way, but you should at least be made aware and there, there, there needs to be more public health information. I think we've in the UK, they've done a pretty good job actually of, of explaining to people 
that certainly the the dose relation and frequency of use increases your chances of psychosis whereas here it's just not really mentioned i mean you have cannabis products in the us that are specifically marketed i mean they, they, might, they might not be explicit about this but they're they're gummies they're they're candies they're marketed in a way that is obviously going to appeal to young people same with vaping and i know there's there's some middle-aged people who maybe vape because they think it's cool but it's mostly it's mostly young people let's be honest yes it is funny that going from the young to the very old it's funny that it's biden who in fact says he hasn't ever consumed cannabis that is the president that seems to be pushing first on this because other presidents have admitted to smoking it and biden really represents the generation that is still most opposed to cannabis use and cannabis legalization so it's it's an odd twist that isn't it it is an odd twist. It's also an odd twist because he, I mean, I, I don't know his voting record to hand, but he was of the generation of politicians who were fighting the war on drugs. I mean, he was around politically as, as well as physically. He was around in the 70s and 80s and would have been pushing this. Of course, it was a very different drug then. Uh, I think actually more people were smoking cannabis than, I mean, the, the way that's documented is like occasional use at parties or something like that. But it was that old dried out leafy stuff, the hippie stuff, not this incredibly potent, you know, high in THC content that you're that you're getting now. So yeah, I mean, look, Biden is a politician who just goes with the winds. I don't think even his supporters could make the case that he's a conviction politician. He will lick his fingers, stick it out, see which way the wind's blowing and and that's the way he's going to go. And that's what he's doing here. That's what he's done his whole career. And as I say, I think this is the first step towards a push for national legalization, which is really the only thing that is causing the industry major headaches right now, is this, as you described it, incongruity between federal legislation, where cannabis remains technically federally illegal, and state laws that are more and more moving in the direction of legalizing marijuana. I think we're up to sort of 30... 30-something states who have legalized it, and it's on the ballot in midterms in Arizona and um, Maryland and a, a, a few other states as well. So it, it, definitely the country is is pulling President in that direction, and, and he will go in any direction he's pulled in. I like the image of Biden uh, sniffing the wind uh, and getting uh, a strong scent of skunk smoke. But Maddie, I mean, it's let's move on to other drugs, because... Actually, decriminalization of other drugs is beginning to creep into American politics. I noticed on some some local ballots in the last election there was you could vote on legalizing magic mushrooms and so on. Do you think once cannabis is established at a federal level as legal, you will see a push towards other drugs? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't I don't see why not. I mean, it's the same argument, isn't it? Certainly, that's the case in in Oregon. They've gone in that direction and. I think also like in marijuana's defense, there was a, a perception, which I don't think is, is defensible anymore, but it, you could understand that people thought it was less harmful. So in the UK, there was the whole uh, charade of moving it down to a, a C drug and then, and then realizing, no, actually it should be a B drug. We'll move it back up to class B. So there was, there was a debate for a time here, like, well, maybe it's not so harmful. Maybe it's just this nice thing that relaxes you and whatever. And obviously that's not true. We know it's dangerous. Any honest broker will ad- admit that. There's also, as you've rightly pointed out, though it's very controversial to point this out for some reason, I don't really understand why, there's a pattern with criminals, mass murderers, that they're all 
potheads it's it's at least worth asking about this <laughs> yeah. it's at least worth looking into well and um, terrorists in britain as peter hitchens is very fond of pointing out yeah a lot of people convicted of terrorism in britain have had quite a long history of cannabis use yes so i i think if if you can get to a place where you're comfortable legalizing something with that potential why not other things well, do you expect then violent crime rates, which are already soaring in America, do you think going into the future, they're only going to get higher as cannabis becomes more commonplace? So if, if I answer this straight on, it's the sort of thing that people jump on and say, oh, you can't prove that. Because the, the thing is, it's very difficult to disentangle what causes crime. Because normally, as, as I mentioned, the profile of these people is very complicated and there's lots lots going on. So if if we do see a spike in in crime interestingly people don't have a problem doing this with guns they'll say ah but it's gone up because of guns right well that's obviously overly simplistic so it is entirely possible that we will see that certainly something that is demonstrable already is an increase in hospital admissions for people with psychosis we've seen that in states that have legalized marijuana and we've seen that consistently in states that have legalized marijuana with violence, it's more difficult to get the data on it. But my my hunch, if I'm allowed to have a hunch, <laughs> is yes. Yes. Well, that seems like a, a pretty good hunch. Let's go <laughs> back to the politics of it briefly. Do you think this will be a win for the Democrats in the midterms? Or do you think that actually stoners don't vote and it won't change anything? Well, I, I think it will be a win in some places. I, I think in places... So I think it does come down to this, how do you see crime? And in areas, in states with, with bad crime problems or, or they've seen a, a big surge in crime, I'm th- thinking of Wisconsin, I, I think that actually sanity will prevail and this, this will not be politically beneficial because it is just this virtue signaling. It's not really got, it's, it's a pointless thing to do, basically. But it is possible that it will mobilise young voters in the way that they want it to it's similar similar to other cultural stuff like abortion there there are places where abortion is going to make a big difference uh, michigan for example and I, I think this this could could be beneficial but it will probably play out state by state and do you think it's a slightly patronizing attitude of the democrats towards the african-american vote to assume that black people of course they love smoking marijuana they're going to like us now Yes, I mean this is just what the Democrats do, though. I mean their their whole approach to that demographic is incredibly patronising, and that has been pointed out by other black candidates. Like I, I know he's in trouble now, but Herschel Walker before yeah. <laughs> before he was in trouble was making that case pretty well. I thought you know saying like they wanted to paint us all as idiots and uh, that we're we're oppressed and we're victims, and that's not that's not who we are. So. Yeah, that is that is their their strategy. Well, Maddie, we'll end it there. But you are our resident cannabis expert, so I'm sure we'll have you back <laughs> on in the near future. Thank you. 